section forty one of mrs diamond this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org mrs diamond by anne isabella thackeray ritchie book four chapter seven red comes into fashion with your hands and your feet and your raiment all red macaulay du pare was still at his work late that evening when he heard a knock at the door and he cried come in without looking up he was bending over his plate with the gas jet flaring above his head his black curly hair was in the light his brown face in shadow he had taken off his worn uniform and was dressed in an old velvet coat shabby enough for any communist his dog was lying at his feet what is it he said looking up half blinded is it you mother it is i susanna diamond said susie standing in the doorway and hesitating to come in i want you to help me monsieur max i am in great perplexity and i want you to advise me and as she spoke she came forward into the light i have been expecting mr marney but he has not come yet continued susie with a faltering voice i fear it will kill mamma outright to be moved to england i think it will be best to take her somewhere into paris where she can be safer than here and meanwhile your mother must not be delayed by us my mother had better go said maxwell after a moment's thought i will see to that i would not urge mrs marney's departure but if the federals make a stand at neuilly this place may be in flames at any moment you know i am in their councils he said with a shrug you see i am working all night to finish up my plates i have already tried to talk to madame marney he continued putting down his point and rising from his seat you must act for her pack everything in readiness and i will make arrangements and have a carriage here to-morrow i know of a house in paris where she will be safe for the present and we must get hold of marney he added thank you said susie it seemed to ease her heart to say the words which are so meaningless but which sometimes mean so much almost everything at some moments susie lingered still she had said what she meant to say but there was something more she longed to say as she stood with her true eyes fixed upon max while the words failed her why do you look at me like that madame he asked smiling gravely and yet not without some feeling perhaps of what was in her mind ah max she answered in a low voice i am trying to find courage to ask you to come away you tell us to go and we are going why do you yourself remain what can you do these communists are no fit associates for you i have here learnt enough in the last few days to know something of the truth what part can an honest man take in this terrible confusion except that of his own simplest duty oh leave these mad people your mother is your first duty now for her sake for my sake if my wishes still touch you come away 
your wishes must always touch me he said simply and gravely but you do not understand my mother can get on without me i mean i am not necessary to her he said looking steadily at susy as he spoke but my poor mother country wants me it is true i am only one man in a stupid crowd but if i go with the crowd i may hope perhaps to lead it in some measure or to help at least to lead it for i ask you madame and his eyes began to flash as he went on if all the honest men continued to desert their posts to take their tickets by every train as they have done for the last few days leaving paris at the mercy of the undisciplined mob who will be to blame for whatever desperate encounter may arise i should like you at least to think of me as an honest man and not as a coward even though i tell you i am afraid to go afraid to abandon a party where i imagine my presence may be of use for another faction whose acts and deeds i reprobate with all my heart caron has elected to stay and my convictions will not let me to abandon him alone to face the storm which is ready to break our place is here at our posts even if we cannot keep back the horrible burstings of the floodgates the hopeless reprisals which must follow he had almost forgotten susy's presence he was growing more excited every moment while she turned paler and paler and at last sank down trembling on one of the overturned cases i have frightened you he said stopping short melting ah forgive me there is nothing for people to fear who are doing their duty as best as they can you are in the same danger as i am you are not afraid for yourself and as he spoke he took her cold hand in his she could not answer her reluctant sympathy her utter good-will her generous love were his but never never again should she speak of her feeling to him she could only faintly press his hand and then she got up from the wooden case and walking slowly across the room opened the door upon the garden dim with the night and starlit then she stopped ah what is that said she starting the muffled sound of a distant gun came bursting through the darkness with a dull vibration it was followed by a second and a third it is the cannon from the batteries of chaumont said max following her to the door and looking out the fight has begun as he spoke two or three figures came up crossing the dark garden good night madame be without fear all will arrange itself said max speaking very loud and distinct he pushed susy away with a gentle violence as he spoke so anxious did he seem that she should go at once she went back agitated but calmed by her talk it was not what he had said which comforted her but his voice his bright dominant looks breaking through the occasional glooms and moods she knew so well the sense of capability and restrained power he threw into the most trivial details all seemed to her full of help and life he was no visionary no utterer of professions of such men she had an instinctive horror but he had told her his meaning his aims his thoughts about which he was generally silent 
and his looks spoke the truth from his honest heart we are all suspect we upper classes says mademoiselle fayard next morning as she sat there in her skimp gown and limp gloves clasping her old split parasol the victim of the german empire she had come up to take leave of madame du pare to talk over the horrible news of the outbreak of the dreadful report of the murder of the generals so susy and her mother were also going had they secured their passports it was as well to have passports in such times said mademoiselle fayard mr joe must go and ask for them says madame pouring out the coffee and shaking her head continually but where was joe no one had seen him since the early morning he had been up betimes and had started for the station to look for his bag so denise reported i would offer to go for your passeport madame said mademoiselle fayard but they will see at a glance that i am not a british subject i am a british subject cries madame with dignity i will accompany susy your complexion alone madame is enough to convince them of your nationality says mademoiselle politely max came in while they were all discussing their complexions over their breakfast he looked fagged and anxious and seemed more and more preoccupied he also came in to ask for the missing joe ah those young men cries madame du pare they are always en punctual he leave me and his mamma to get the passeport why do you not come with us max i am going on to see caron afterwards max looked doubtful he could only accompany them as far as the barriere he said if they would start at once and they accordingly set out walking along the broad avenue that leads to the arc madame du pare and mademoiselle fayard were ahead once more susy found herself walking beside her friend but he seemed busy hurried scarcely conscious of her presence a double supply of soldiers were mounting guard at the gates of paris and an officer followed by an orderly came forward to interrogate them to this officer madame immediately addressed herself with dignity we come to demand passes monsieur said madame i am the proprietress of the villa du parc where i have dwelt respected for nearly thirty years and now that i am driven from my home by those who but here her son hastily interposed fearing lest one of his mother's outbursts of eloquence might bring them all into difficulty this officer is busy mamma he said interrupting and laughing at the same time he has not time to listen to all your reasons for leaving home madame is residing in paris max goes on pointing to mademoiselle fayard and is returning to her domicile and madame says he pointing to susy is english she is going to the english embassy to demand a passeport for herself and her mother who is ill i will answer for these ladies you know me my lieutenant pass madame says the officer politely saluting and he turns away and goes into his little wooden hut as he was turning away maxwell came close to his mother and said in a low voice not laughing any more mother i conjure you to remember that if you say things to people in the street you will not only bring trouble upon yourself but endanger every one of us be silent i beseech you
this is a pretty country indeed says madame with a grunt where sons can impose silence on the mothers who brought them into the world so much for your liberty come along dear madame said susy slipping her arm into the old lady's max looked after them for an instant as the three walked away the sturdy old mother still protesting the limp one-sided member of the upper classes fluttering vaguely after her and susy straight majestic walking steadily on with her long black folds flowing round her upright figure they turned a corner and were gone the streets of paris seemed strangely changed to susanna from that chill morning only a few days ago when she first arrived the city seemed suddenly awakened to an angry mood noisy excited the sad women in their mourning were still coming and going about the streets but there were also others whom she had not seen before strange-looking figures like old-fashioned pictures of jerome or horace vernet how the red has come into fashion how much it is worn said mademoiselle fayard stopping breathless to look about indeed it was remarkable that so many people should have suddenly changed their looks and their mourning clothes men and women too wore bands of crimson round their waists and across their shoulders one or two people passed in red pointed caps of liberty and presently coming up the street appeared a figure like one of gilray's caricatures a huge man with a long tufted beard with an enormous necktie tied in a huge bow swaggering along as if all paris belonged to him with wide coat flaps a tricolour rosette in his peaked hat into his sash he had stuck two pistols and a dirk in his hand he carried a cane with a long tassel as he advanced puffing and strutting up the road susy pressed madame's arm in terror lest she should address herself to this imposing apparition oh the abominable monkey mutters the old lady between her teeth the man scowled at her as she passed but fortunately did not heed what she said they parted from poor mademoiselle at a street corner she had various commissions of her own on her mind and susy and her companion went on to the embassy in the rue st honore a friendly union jack was hanging over the british lion upon the gate the tall english porter with his brooms and pails was washing out the courtyard there was a peaceful and reassuring aspect about the place which restored their somewhat troubled spirits the porter pointed up a narrow staircase leading to the bureau in a side lodge the clerk would be back immediately he said and he left them in a little inner room with a stove and a pen and a half dried-up inkstand it was an entresol the low window opened to the yard so that they could see nothing of the streets outside when the clerk came in at last the two ladies immediately told him their business he said he must consult a superior mrs diamond of course could have a passport for herself he thought there would be no difficulty about her mother as for madame du pare he did not know how far she was still entitled to be considered a british subject he would inquire is mr bagginal still here susy asked he knows my name mr bagginal is away on leave for a few days he left immediately after the siege we expect him back daily then the young man signed to them to come into the second room of which the windows looked upon the street how quickly events arise when the time is ripe for them 
in those few minutes while they waited in the back room the whole place had been transformed the dull street was now crowded and alive with people every casement was open and full of heads women peeped from the garret windows men crowded to the shop doors where was the gloom of yesterday the mourning sadness of a conquered nation mr bagginal's representative entered the room at this minute with susanna's card in his hand he was another young man of the bagginal type well dressed and well bred he knew mrs diamond's name he said while madame as usual began her statement she gave a retrospect of her past life her marriage her early difficulties she was proceeding to give her views upon the politics of the day when a sudden cry from the street distracted the polite attache madame exclaimed and left off in the midst of her harangue and ran to the window and susy turned pale as she followed her up the centre of the street came a mad-looking dancing procession a great red flag was borne ahead by a man in a blouse and a scarlet phrygian cap then followed a wild bacchanalian crew headed by a dishevelled woman also crowned with a cap of liberty and dressed entirely in red from head to foot followed by some others dancing clapping their hands and beating time to a drum and a tambourine half a dozen men with pistols in their belts with huge boots and a scarlet figure carrying a second flag wound up the procession the whole band swept on like some grim vision it was there it was gone the window closed up the street was empty again the sight seemed so ominous of past terror of new disaster that even madame was silent for once oh come my child she said to susy who was now standing with her passeport in her hand we have much to do we must not delay this city is no place for quiet people End of section forty one